The written word and the word that became flesh, I invite you to stand as you are able. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, it's good to be back home and in this pulpit again. 
It's hard to believe that it's been 18 years since I retired. It's amazing how quickly the future becomes the past. But hope remains and love lives on, regardless of the years. Thank you, Andrew, for inviting me to preach today on this Mother's Day. I wish all of our mothers a very special Happy Mother's Day. A day, I pray, will be filled with many blessings. The parish chapel families have a long history together, 38 years to be exact. Andrew's parents are dear friends of mine and my family's. I remember I was pastor at Fayetteville first, and I remember the day I drove down to Atlanta to the hospital, to Crawford Long Hospital, to see Andrew the day he was born. Uh, I am a better person because of my relationship with the Chapel family. When I was your pastor, you remember I had two young associates, Larry Patton and Bill Currington, and remember, I called them my boys because I was old enough to be their dad. Well, I add Andrew to my list of my boys in the faith. I'm old enough to be his granddaddy. <laughs> and I know it won't be too long before I'll be adding Connor to my list of my boys. I look forward to getting to know Connor better. I hear nothing but good things about Connor and Andrew and the ministry here in the church. I want to thank these young ministers for being so kind to an old retired preacher. They have shown me such grace. Uh, Andrew said, do you need anything? Do you need some water? Uh, start to move around. Do you want me to help you? They're just so kind to, to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I have noticed since I have reached the senior citizen's age, uh, I know you don't think I am, but I'm really 81. And since I've reached, you believe it, I do too. Uh, <laughs> uh, since I've reached that age, uh, people are so nice to me. I, 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 I'll start to go into a store and somebody will see me and they'll open the door for me and my wife has taught me to say, your mother would be so proud of you. And, uh, and I say that to those people that open the door for me, and they just smile and all that good stuff. My wife, Shelby, is sorry that she can't be with us today. She sends her love to the church. She's absent today because of illness. Well, let's get down to business. The first time we meet John, he's a fisherman. He and his daddy and his brother James were cleaning their nets on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus walks by and calls them, James and John, to follow him. So the two brothers, James and John, they say goodbye to their daddy, and they leave him and their nets, and they become followers of Jesus. I guess we could call them second career men, they were first in the fishing business, and now they are in the kingdom-building business as followers of Jesus. Years later, John became an author. 
He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He wrote the book of Revelation. John was just an ordinary man who became famous because of his relationship with Jesus Christ and his writings about Jesus. Much of what you and I believe today comes from the writings of John. We have bet our life on the things John wrote about Jesus. John was a fisherman who became a disciple, who later became an author. But John was also an artist. Now, you'll never go into an art gallery and find a, a portrait of Jesus signed by John, the beloved disciple. John didn't paint with a brush upon a canvas. But with his words, John painted beautiful portraits of Jesus upon the canvas of our mind. So this morning, let's look at three portraits of Jesus painted by the words of John. Let's pretend there are three easels on the pulpit with portraits of Jesus, and let's unveil each portrait this morning. The first portrait of Jesus is titled, Jesus, the Compassionate Friend. The word friend is an old English word meaning one who loves. In Proverbs 17, 17, we read, A friend loveth at all times. Love is the key to friendship. Three times in our text today, we find the little word love used. There lived in the little town of Bethany a family that consisted of a brother, Lazarus, and two sisters, Mary and Martha. The brother, Lazarus, becomes seriously ill, and someone said, you better send for the doctor. Now, the sisters knew that Jesus could heal the sick, so they said, let's send for Dr. Jesus, the great physician. Notice the message that the sisters sent to Jesus. The message was not, Lazarus is ill. The message was not, our brother is ill. The message was, the one whom you love is ill. And there we find the word love used the first time in our text. The one whom you love is ill. They knew Jesus would know whom they were speaking of. Now the second time we find the word love is in verse 5. John describes the relationship that Jesus has with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And John writes these words. Now Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were very dear friends. Love is the key to friendship. We don't find the word love again until we reach verse 36. Lazarus, the brother, has died. He's been dead four days before Jesus arrives in the little village of Bethany. It's significant that we underline four days. He's been dead four days. In those days, the Jews believed that 
when a person died, their spirit hovered over the grave for three days, but on the fourth day, the spirit left because the body would begin to decay. So John emphasizes it was the fourth day. The spirit's gone. He's beginning to decay. And Jesus arrives. Well, when Jesus gets near Bethany, he sends someone to get Martha, one of the sisters. And the Martha, the sister, came and she said to Jesus, you're just too late. If you had only been here, our brother would not have died. But it's too late. Four days. Even the spirit's gone. But if only you had been here. Too late. How many times have we felt like Martha? If only God had intervened when we prayed. If only God had answered our prayer, things would have turned out differently. How many times have we thought, oh, if things, if God had just, if he had appeared sooner. But now it's too late. My friends, God doesn't work on our timetable. God doesn't work on daylight savings time. God's timing is perfect timing. He has never been a minute too early nor a moment too late. God's delay is not God's denial. When God delays, he has something bigger and better in store for us in the future. So always remember, God's delay is not God's denial, and God's timing is perfect timing. After Jesus had spoken with Martha, he tells Martha, go home and, and send Mary, your sister. So Martha goes home and tells Mary, the, the master wants to see you. The house is filled with people. The, the friends are gathered in to console Mary and Martha. So they had brought in fried chicken and casseroles and potato salad, and somebody brought a pound cake in, and, 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 and they were all there in the, in the, you know, the house was just filled with people that had gathered to console them. And, and so when Mary heard the word, Jesus wants to see you, he's out there at the edge of town. Well, Mary immediately left to go where Jesus was, and the scripture says her friends there in the house, they said, let's go with her. She's going to the cemetery. Let's go with her. But they didn't go to the cemetery. They went to where Jesus was on the edge of town. And when they got there, Mary said about the same thing Martha had said, if you had only been here, our brother would not have died. But it's too late. Martha, Mary rather, when Mary appeared where Jesus was, Mary fell on her knees before him and she looked up into his face and big tears rolled down Mary's face. And Jesus looked down and he saw those tears and her friends that had gathered with her, they were crying also. And when Jesus saw their tears, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. 
My friends, it says Jesus saw her tears. God sees every tear you shed. And God feels every pain you feel because compassion means when your pain is felt in my heart. And that day on the edge of Bethany, Jesus looked and he saw those tears and he felt their grief and their pain was felt in his heart. That's why Jesus wept. Well, you know what happened then as Jesus started weeping, their friends said, Behold how he loved him. And that's the third time we find the word love used. The friends of Mary said of Jesus, Behold how he loved him, because he too is crying. My friends, Jesus is our friend. He's our Savior, but he's also our friend. Do you ever get a song stuck in your mind? I do quite often. I don't know whether it's age or what, but, but I'll, I'll get a song just stuck in my brain. And, my, you know, and, and, and I'll just, maybe about five or six words of the song, and I'll just go through the house all day just singing those, three, those four or five words, just singing it over and over and over again. Not even mindful that I'm singing it. My wife Shelby will say, Gary, doesn't that song have a second verse? <laughs> well, for the past few weeks, two or three weeks now, I've had a hymn stuck in my brain. And I can't, just can't get it out. Several times a day, I'll find myself singing it. It was written by William Thompson a long, long time ago. He wrote these words, Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. He's my friend. And I hope the words of that song will get stuck in your mind today. Jesus, our Savior, our Shepherd, our friend. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the friend that knows all about you and still loves you. He is your best friend in heaven and on earth. Jesus, the compassionate friend. Now let's unveil the second portrait of Jesus. It's called Jesus, the calling master. Notice how many times Jesus calls in our scripture lesson. He calls for Martha, and then he calls for Mary, and then he calls upon the pallbearers to, to remove the stone from the entrance of the cave where Lazarus is buried. And then he calls upon God in prayer, and then he calls Lazarus, the dead one, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes walking out of the cave. Someone said, 
if Jesus had not said Lazarus, if he had just said, come forth, every grave in that cemetery would have opened. But Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth, a living being. Lazarus was not among the walking dead. He was 100% alive. His heart was beating again. Blood was flowing through his veins. He was breathing again, 100% alive. And yet he had been dead four days. Only Jesus can do that. In the next day, the, the Bethany Daily News, the headlines was, local dead man alive again, alive again. And then Jesus calls the pallbearers and he says to them, now remove the grave clothes. He doesn't need them. He's alive. Remove the grave clothes. My friends, I have good news for you today. Jesus is still calling He's been calling down through the centuries of time, but he's still calling today. He's calling us to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son. He's calling us to rest. He said, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He calls us to discipleship. He says, come, take up your cross and follow me. He calls us to service. He said to those pallbearers there, the entrance to the cave, he said to the pallbearers, remove the stone. And then he said to him, after he had called Lazarus to come out, he says to him, remove the grave clothes. It seems like Jesus was saying, do what you can do. Do what you can do. You can roll away the stone. You can take the grave clothes off of him. Do what you can do. And then step back and let me do what only I can do. Resurrect the dead. He calls us to service. I believe we have a spiritual hearing problem in the world today. When was the last time you heard the still, small voice of God calling your name in the stillness of the night? When was the last time you heard the whisper of God deep down in your soul? I believe we have a spiritual hearing problem today. And our prayer should be, Lord, Lord, open my ears that I may hear your voice. The second portrait, Jesus, the calling master. And then the third portrait is titled, Jesus, the mighty Lord. He's mighty in wisdom. He knew Lazarus was dead before he arrived in Bethany. Jesus, he is the mighty Lord, mighty in wisdom. You cannot surprise God. He knows all things. And with God, nothing is unexpected. He knows all things. He knows every time a little sparrow falls to the ground. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He even knows your name. John writes that Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd calls his sheep by name. 
You are not a number with God. God knows your name. He's mighty not only in wisdom, he's mighty in power. He can heal the sick, make the blind to see, the lame to walk again. He can forgive all sins. He can even raise the dead. He did it in Bethany when he called Lazarus out of the, uh, the cave. He did it that day. There was a funeral procession. They were going to the cemetery to bury the widow's son. And Jesus saw the funeral procession, and he stopped a funeral procession. And he gave that widow back her son. He put life in her son's body. He did it to a little 12-year-old girl, the ruler of the synagogue. His little 12-year-old girl died, and Jesus put life back in her body. I tell you, my friends, we serve a mighty God, mighty in wisdom and mighty in power. Just think about it. Jesus, a, a, a preacher for three years here on earth, a preacher, but he was a preacher that never conducted a funeral service. But he did perform some resurrection services. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? Remember our God specializes in those things thought impossible. He can do what no other one can do. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Saints adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Three portraits of Jesus. The compassionate friend, the calling master, the mighty Lord. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, for the Father and I are one. My friends, Jesus is the best portrait God ever had made. Thanks be to God.